I'm Chef Pete Gagan from Cargill, and we're in the kitchen with Sterling Silver Premium Meats. It's a podcast where we'll be serving up insights and perspectives for chefs and food service professionals. And of course, we'll be digging into the world of premium beef. Because even with over 30 years of culinary experience, I still have an appetite for learning more. I hope you're hungry too. We're coming to you from the Cargill Innovation Center in Wichita, Kansas. And today, we're continuing our look at beef primals as part of a 10-part series. This episode, we're talking about the bottom primals, the brisket, the plate, and the flank. And we're excited to welcome Chef Sarah Cooney to the podcast to give us some inspiration and insight into traditional and creative methods to use these cuts. For background, Chef Sarah Cooney grew up in a cooking family in Connecticut and brought that passion for food to her work as a chef at Maine and Hopewell, America's on the Wharf, and Pastis. She moved to North Carolina and spent time at the Fearington House, Nordstrom Cafe, and Foster's Market. Today, she and her wife own the Root Cellar Cafe and Catering in both Chapel Hill and Pittsburgh, North Carolina. She's appeared as a contestant on Guy's Grocery Games on the Food Network, and she's a veteran of this very podcast, appearing on Episode 5 back in February of 2021. Welcome back into the kitchen, Chef. Thanks. So, Chef Sarah, why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and maybe like your cooking style and what it is you love about your job. So I grew up in an Italian household, and the kitchen was always the center of everything. So it was natural for me to go into the restaurant field. My cooking style is very interesting. I like to shake things up. So I like to mix cuisines. I like to use interesting items. I like to walk around the grocery store and find strange things I've never seen before and decide how that's going to be used in my cooking processes. That's fun. Yeah. Do you find yourself when you're uh, traveling doing the same thing, looking for ingredients and and bringing things home that maybe you don't get at your local store? Oh, my God, yes. Whenever we go on vacation, the first thing my wife and I do is we look for what farmer's markets are available, uh, grocery stores. Uh, we just recently went to Italy a couple years ago, and I literally bought a second suitcase to bring things home. <laughs> that is great. They allowed yep. you to cross the border with it? No. Some of it, no. yes. Some of it got stuck in customs. <laughs> hey, hey, you try, right? I try. <laughs> I'm going to guess everybody has had that experience, but chefs in general probably try things that they won't allow, but hey, you never know. You get it across. That's great. You start yeah. a new fad or something, you know, with some products that no one's ever had before. So thinking about the primals and thinking about the brisket, the flank, the plate, all those, you know, what I would call underside primals, the lower primals. Tell us a little bit about your experiences and some of the things you love about those versus, you know, maybe the center cuts, the ribeyes and the strips that, you know, everybody loves because they're just really good and they don't take a lot of work. Just jump right into some of the things you love about those. I mean, I'm in barbecue country, so, you know, we love brisket. I love the underrated meats and cuts. I think it takes more effort to use them and to, like, you can't just go, I'm going to throw some steaks on the grill. You can't throw (laughs) a brisket on the grill and be like, hey, dinner's ready in 10 minutes. Um, So (laughs) I really like those kind of meats. Um, I feel like I use, I mean, we go through so much brisket, so much flank in the restaurant. Um, We use it for catering. We use it on family dinners. We use it just in everyday menu items. I just think that it's a real good and beefy flavor Mm -hmm. along with, you know, the 
short ribs and the flank and the I love a hanger steak. Um, I guess sure. you can use that one quickly. But um, yeah. I mean, out of all of those, you know, they all take love. You can't just go to your grocery store, get it, and throw it on the grill. You got to do some stuff to it. Mm-hmm. I like what you said. They take love. They take yeah. passion. They take take time. Which with time, what happens? Right? We develop flavors. We yeah. develop textures. I mean, these are muscles that tend to get used a lot. So, like you mentioned, you don't just throw a brisket on the grill. It's pretty tough meat as is, right? But with the right amount of time and and love, and then those flavors you can put to it. So, outside of barbecue, smoking a brisket, what else have you done with briskets? One of the things we do, and it's something, I mean, we do all the time, and it's on our Thanksgiving and our Christmas catering menu, is we take a brisket and we cook it with lots of cranberries and onions, so it gets that sweet, but onion flavor, so we braise it for a long time, and then we serve it. Um, it's a huge hit. We've been doing it for a couple of years. And I mean, we sell a couple hundred pounds of it both holidays. Nice. And uh, I put it on the menu in Pittsburgh, but usually use uh, short rib, but do the same thing. Okay. You know that. And then I've been doing birria a lot with the brisket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It shreds up nicely. It's got that good flavor. It also got the good fat. You really just get a good birria taco or quesadilla with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can get the good anything out of that brisket as long as you yeah. cook it right, right? You know, when you break it down, it's got a lot of connective tissue. Like, like again, you mentioned, it's definitely not going to cook in five, ten minutes. So with that connective tissue is flavor and texture and moisture and mouthfeel and all those things that, I mean, from, from a braising standpoint, you could probably use it for any dish that typically you would use a beef cut for. Oh, and definitely. have a great experience with it just because it, it, it is a marriage made in heaven cooking it that way. Nice, slow, and slow. I think I had uh, – oh, I'm trying to remember now. I had a gentleman years ago show me like for – they use a brisket a lot during Passover. Um, oh, yeah. And he did it with just like 7-Up. And, and oh, herbs wow. and spices, right? And cooked it. So, you know, with that soda, you, you tend to break it down a little bit faster. And I thought it was going to be, like, overly sweet and all, and it just was not. I wouldn't say it was a lot of color development because you didn't have that, you know, tomato product and, and beef broth and those chilies, whatever it is you, you tend to use, and which also help with that depth of uh, color and flavor. Uh, but it was still pretty darn flavorful and tender and just really went well with the overall Passover type meal. That to me is another way that a lot of people don't probably cook brisket that often outside of smoking it on a norm. Yeah. Anything else you've done with the brisket before? We always corn it. So we have corned okay. beef, you know, come March. But instead of buying already corned beef, you know, I bring in the brisket, I corn it myself and then I cook it and then with the, all the flavor, all the carrots, the onions, the cabbage, the potatoes. I mean, it, there's a huge difference in that and the stuff you can already buy and then just sure. throw in the oven. Are you buying whole briskets there or points or flats? What are you doing? Um, it depends. Usually I get just get the whole brisket and break it down. Okay, okay. Um, it's just easier. Sure. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the best way to go. There's yeah. nothing like, again, back to the taking your time and cooking it nice and slow. Or in that case, you know, you probably have it for – a whole week sitting on that brine to oh, yeah. take on the, the flavor and to get those nitrites and stuff in there. And yeah, 
It's yeah. the best way to go, no doubt. You mentioned flank. You like to use flank a lot. What, what about the uh, flank? What is it that you like? So we do a lot of like Latin foods. Okay. Uh, so tacos and things like that. And it's on our catering menu, and we do taco bars. I would call them. You know, where you get mm-hmm. beef, pork, and chicken. And so we always use flank, and we marinate it usually in tequila, lime, cilantro. So that lime really breaks down that flank. You know, and I feel like flank had its time. It was huge. It was popular. And then it kind of went away. And, you know, it's coming back again. And, I mean, people just go crazy over it. They're like, what is this beef you're using? And we're like, oh, it's flank. And they're like, oh, we thought it was, like, strip steak. Or I'm like, who mm-hmm. would, you know, like, who's going <laughs> to, right? Yeah. Um, they they yeah. just don't know. Uh-huh. They just don't know. It just well, takes that's a, a job good, as a, a chef. Flavor. Yeah. Right? I mean, when you, you mentioned it before, right? There's There's that this flavor there's those benefits you get out of spending more time with the product right it takes some time it takes that marinade to make a flank have that good texture and flavor you know you need to break it down but there's also as as a restaurateur as a chef as an owner you have to make money yeah, <laughs> right yeah. so you're you're not going to take a strip steak and chop it up and use that as your taco bar right you know because no. you're not going to make any money on that so you have to get creative and it just takes some time. But at the end of the day, I think I'd rather marinate the flank for that taco than a strip steak any day. Because oh, it just doesn't, you know, can you marinate a strip? Sure. Why would you? There's no need for right. it, right? You know, in, in that case. So it's it's actually being smart and 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 uh, really at the end of the day, it's us being good stewards. This animal gives its life for us and we have to use up all the different cuts that we get off of there. So we get creative, and I love flank, too, for the same reason. Plus, it doesn't take long, right? It's it's on the thin side, so for you to cook it, you're you're not sitting there cooking all day long. It's just that marination process that takes a little while. And then it's, what, on and off a grill, seven, eight minutes, ten minutes tops. Yep. And you let yep. it rest and, and cut it. And make sure it you and, cut it, yeah. Yeah. Nice and thin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it still needs a little bit of that thinner cut. You know, definitely marinades break it down, but it's still large, lean muscle fibers at the end of the day. So there's, you know, other things you're going to get off of this part of the animal down in that plate is is some skirt steak. You're going to get your outside skirt, your inside skirt, the hanger like you mentioned before, nice plate short ribs. Do you ever play around with any of those cuts? Uh, Yeah. So I love a skirt steak. They've gotten to be really expensive. I think the rest Mm -hmm. of the world is catching on. (laughs) But, you know, I love a skirt steak. Again, I love it for Asian or Latin-inspired foods. But the short rib is great. I mean, I use that all the time. I use it even in the summer months. Mm-hmm. I've used it long and slow braised. I've braised it in uh, cheer wine, which is our version of Dr. Pepper down here in the South. Okay. It's, uh, North Carolina soda. It's got the cherry. But it was born and bred here. Mm-hmm. So when it's put on a menu, people go crazy. Nice. And then a hanger steak, you don't ever see them at the grocery stores. I don't even, no. you Mm-mm. hardly see them on menus unless you go to a classic French restaurant, I feel. Sure. But if I see that on the menu, I am totally getting that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's beefy, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Served with French fries and some lemon herb, garlic butter. It's like classic. I. You know, I can't yeah, but you it. can't go wrong. You're right. I feel the same way. There's only, I mean, there's only really one, 
if you want to call it two on the animal, it's really one. Um, a lot, lot of work goes into it, but oh, I, I, when I think of a hanger steak, I think of dry-aged beef, but mm. from an animal that wasn't dry-aged, right? So it's got that, I think, the most depth of flavor in any cut comes on that hanger steak. And you don't have to dry-age it to get there. Yeah, no. So if you really like beef, it's all right to have a little chew, but it's still more tender than a flank. But it has a little bit of that chew, but it takes marinades really well. Basic yep. marinades. You don't have to go too crazy. No. But you, don't, you also don't lose that beef flavor when you marinate it because it's so beefy. So good. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they call it the butcher's cut or the chef's cut because a lot of times the butcher keeps it for himself. The chef would keep it for himself because, you know, if you're you're harvesting an animal and you only have one, you really can't put that on the menu. You don't get a lot out of it. So that's always been one of those things that were just kept behind. But mm, yummy. And I feel the same way about um, the outside skirt, the inside skirt. There's just that there's an indulgence that you get out of those that you don't necessarily get out of the flank because the flank's so on the leaner side. But there you've, you've got larger muscle fibers, but you also have marbling that's going on there. And there's just, yeah, there's just something about those skirts. Like I said, they're pretty expensive. But when you get yourself a good skirt steak, it's pretty special. Yeah, they're just they're perfect summer grilling, throwing it on the grill, mm-hmm. crack open a couple of beers. Roll go. it up in a tortilla, and you're good to go. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> hey, do you ever play with um, the navel? I don't play with it as much just because it's not widely available mm-hmm. a lot down here. Just one of those ones that doesn't come around that often. But it's an interesting cut. I wish it was more widely available, and I wish I could get my hands on it more often. But when a lot of people don't use it, people don't keep it in stock. That's exactly it, right? Yeah. It's pretty special. People make beef bacon out of it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You, like you mentioned, corned beef out of the brisket is traditional. Well, pastrami out of the navel is traditional, too. And it, it's pretty special. It's very indulgent. It's just like a pork belly, right? You've got some connective tissue in there that you got to get tender, but it's got a lot of fat with all this lean that's weaved in and out of it. But it's pretty special yeah you I, just, I mean you'll see it every once in a while people when the bacon craze was huge they made you know beef bacon obviously mm-hmm. and stuff like that but it's usually yep. in the smaller places that you know they sure. get like one yeah no doubt as you've been out and about and hey you were just in italy you said a few years back uh, you've traveled other places what are some dishes at, that you've had maybe from these cuts that are memorable to you and maybe a little different than what we just talked about so I just recently had, you know, the Hawaiian loco moco, mm-hmm. and they used instead of a burger on top, they used short rib. So they had cooked it and then they seared it and put that on top with an egg Ooh. and some salt. It was delicious. It was by far a bazillion times better than just using a burger patty. And sure, I was like this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Short rib like that. You yeah. cook it, chill it, slice it, sear it to reheat it. And you, you you get like crunchy on the outside. It's still tender and decadent on the inside. Yeah, all that fat like gets all that chewy crispiness. Oh, it was delicious. Yes. It is a great way. I mean, we see it 
traditionally served like a French braise, and it's amazing like that, covered in sauce. But to use it a little differently like that, mm, that sounds so good. Were you just in Hawaii? Uh, no, it was a restaurant was doing it here. Oh, okay, okay, it was great. Nice. And then one uh, I had, I also recently had. Um, they took brisket and they smoked it, and then they cubed it up, and then they fried it. Ooh. So it got mm-hmm. crisp, almost like burnt ends, but burnt not. Burnt ends, yeah. Uh-huh. But not, and then they tossed it in like this sweet, spicy, Asian-y, sesame sauce, glazy kind of thing with cilantro and put it over rice. And that was, I mean, that was like, I'm like, my mouth is salivating thinking about it. <laughs> I'm like, God, I forgot all about that. I need to sure. try that one out again. That sounds so good. Yeah. Just, yeah. Definitely burnt end, but taken to a different level. Yeah. That's really good. I just made some burn-ins the other day, but I used Chuck, actually. Uh, mm, and it nice. came out really good. But I did a, um, a barbecue sauce that had a lot of uh, Oaxacan pasilla and, and guajillos in it. So took it a little bit more Mexican, Latin flavor profile. Yeah. That. It was good, yeah. And, and you know, the brisket would have been just fine for that. Navel would have been great for that, you know, if you're just, you know, a little bit more decadent just from all that collagen and fat. But, yeah, that would have been special. That would have been good. Really, really cool. Back to Flank, something that I experienced. I was in the Philippines about seven or eight years ago, and I was doing some work for Sterling Silver there for a big distributor of ours. And uh, there was a chef from Colorado that was at the hotel that I was at. He was doing something else for the uh, United States Meat Federation. And he was taking flank, and he was making basically like gravlocks out of it. I was like, I was like, really? I then got the recipe from him, and I've done it multiple times. And it's literally just like salt and sugar and thyme leaves and some bourbon. And you massage Mm. bourbon into it first, and then soy sauce, and you pack it on. You let it sit, and within you know a day, it cures itself. So now, now you start slicing it, and you've got this like raw look, but a little bit of a browner on the outside it's pretty special and you don't see a lot of people doing that with beef or any animal protein that often pretty special i might need that recipe chef i'll send it to you (laughs) that sounds delicious yeah and you you know it's one of those things i've only done i've done it a few times and been really happy people liked it uh i've never tried to tweak it or make it something different but you know there's uh Always, you, you get that base, and then you can start changing it, right? There's some chili yeah. flakes and stuff in there. So you, you can start putting a little bit more of an Asian twist on it. You can go Latin. You probably go Italian with changing the herbs, you know. So there's lots of different ways you can go about using it. And I think the fact that it's so lean, it does really well with it, as opposed to maybe a fattier cut wouldn't work as good. So if you had to say out of everything we talked about, what cut would be your favorite and what would be the way that you, for yourself, would prepare it? Oh, so, God, I, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's uh, so hard. <laughs> so, can I just say the cow? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I would go short rib. Okay. It's a toss-up between that and brisket. I do love the braised warm comfort of that 
you know, it just brings on like family time. It brings on the winter. It brings on like cozy. It brings on like, there's just so much love you have to put into something that you have to cook for so long mm-hmm. that you can't speed it up. I mean, I guess you can with a pressure cooker, but that's besides the point. You can't just throw it together. Like you have to plan ahead. So I definitely would probably say it's a short rib. Yeah. And I mean, you can do so many different things with it. Yeah. You could do, you know, you could change that so easily. Yeah. 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 Beer braise. You, you can uh, start throwing in some, you know, soy and star anise into that braise and just take it to a different country origin, right? You know, or, yep. you know, slicing it thin and just quick on the grill, right? Whether, yep. whether again, you, you know, take it from the Koreans and, and do yep. Korean barbecue or, or change it up, you know, lemon and, and herbs and stuff, make it a little bit more Italian. There's just so many different things. Yeah, know. I mean, Moroccan, any of that. Oh, 100%, 100%. And I do love how that short rib can go either way. You can you can go thin and make it quick, almost like I think about it. It's similar, but you know, squid or calamari. You know, it's either five minutes or an hour type thing. It's it's either really fast and then small. You can still eat it and and it's uh, tender, or you have to go a long cook and then you have something that's just so succulent and tender. Yeah, I just feel like doing something like that. It really shows, like also like if you're serving it to guests and family that the love you put into it, like you're spending all day on it. If you're going to braise it, you know, like you had to take time. So it's not just, Hey, come over for dinner and we're going to order some pizzas or I'm going to throw some burgers on the grill. <laughs> you know, like I it's, took you're my right. time. You're you know, right. It's a long, just like smoking a brisket, you know, you're out there for hours smoking a brisket. It's the love for that food, not just to eat. No doubt. Well, hey, Chef, I truly appreciate your time, and uh, this conversation was just awesome. It's got me fired up. Uh, So thanks again for your time. Thank you. I love being part of this. You take care. Listeners, be sure to join us next time as we continue our look at beef primals. Next episode, we'll be turning our attention to the rib primal, an area that gives us some incredibly popular steaks and so much more. You'll want to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on that. In closing... Thank you for joining us on In the Kitchen with Sterling Silver. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to slice into the amazing world of beef. Until then, happy eating. To get the next episode delivered to your inbox, subscribe on our website, sterlingsilvermeats.com. Just sign up for our e-newsletter at the top of the page. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. And be sure to follow at Sterling Silver Premium Meats on Instagram. Until next time, We'll see you in the kitchen with Sterling Silver Premium Meats.